0: John chapter 20, verses 11 through 16. 11 through 16. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Jesus said to her Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, "Rabboni," which means teacher. Let's quickly pray. Heavenly Father, would you illuminate our hearts to your word this morning? so that way we may see and comprehend what is taking place here. Would you comfort those hearts that are weary? Would you convict those hearts that have backslidden? And would you soften the hearts that are hard? We pray this in your Son Jesus' name. Amen. It's been said by... Many that Jesus is a great teacher. During Jesus's three years of ministry, this was something that was widely acknowledged as people marveled at the authority with which Jesus spoke by. They had quite literally seen nothing like this before. To this day, masses of people still marvel at the teaching of Jesus. Many people analyze and look at what he has said and what he has meant by what he has said. So much so that there are people who will look at the greatness of Jesus' teaching and regard his moral principles to live by, as a way to live by. However, it stops there. Jesus is only a great teacher. On the other hand, there are people that will acknowledge that Jesus is a great teacher and also claim that he is a great prophet. During Jesus' ministry, he asks his disciples, who do the people say that I am? They rattle off some names, some of whom are prophets. In fact, to this day, there are other religions who will look at Jesus as a great prophet. However, it stops there. Jesus is simply a great prophet. The passage this morning shows us something more of who Jesus is. He's not just a great teacher and not just a great prophet. Today we see this through the eyes of a woman named Mary, Magdalene, Mary at this point was in over her head in grief and desperation. She's asked two different times why she is weeping. She pleads with who she thinks is the gardener to give her the body of Jesus. And by simply mentioning her name, Jesus comforts and clings to the risen Lord. Jesus, he is a great teacher. Jesus is a great prophet. But he's not just those things. Jesus is alive. We'll break this sermon up this morning into three points and see how Jesus' resurrection led to Mary's comforts. The first point, we'll look at Mary's grief. The second, we'll look at Mary's desperation. And the third, we'll look at Mary's comforts. So in our first point, in verses 11 through 13, we see the agony of Mary's grief. It was an early dark Sunday morning and Mary went to the tomb of Jesus. However, when she approached the tomb of Jesus, she noticed that the stone had been rolled away. There was no body in the tomb. She left as quickly as she could to go and get Peter and John and when she told the two disciples, the two disciples take off in a foot race to see if what Mary had said was true or not. As Peter and John approach and they look in, they notice that Jesus' cloths that He had been wrapped in were folded and laid right where He was laying. The two disciples left. Mary lingered as she wept. As Mary wept, our passage tells us that she stoops down Mary wanted to crouch. She wanted to peer in and look again for herself. Maybe, just maybe, her eyes were playing a cruel joke on her as they were bloodshot from her weeping since Friday. Instead, as she peered in, she saw two angels, one sitting where the head of Jesus rested and one where the feet of Jesus laid and they ask her why are you crying why are you weeping now this may seem like an insensitive question to ask a woman who is grieving why are you weeping however The angels remembered something that the followers of Jesus had forgotten. Jesus' followers had kept looking for the living amongst the dead. Jesus had told them multiple times that he would die but come back to life again. How many times are our hearts slow to believe the words of Jesus? Mary tells them she just wants to know where he is through her sobs. She can't understand and fathom why somebody would take her Lord from her. So I think that the question the angels asked is worth asking again for us this morning. Why was Mary in such grief? The Gospel of Luke sheds some light on this for us. Mary had been oppressed by seven evil spirits. And because of the compassion of Jesus overflowing from his heart, he heals her from all seven. And since being delivered by the evil spirits, Mary, out of the deep love and thankfulness toward Jesus, becomes a faithful follower for, for the rest of Jesus' ministry. For the rest of of her life so what does this mean what this means is mary walked with jesus mary talked with jesus mary watched as the compassion came out of jesus's heart towards those who were deemed damaged good by society just like she was deemed at one point Mary watched as Jesus was whipped and scourged as He was nailed to the cross, as He took His last breath and was pierced in the side. Mary is in grief and weeping because her Lord had died and she thought He had been taken from her. are you here this morning in grief? Looking back at the closeness of your relationship with Christ and wondering, where have you gone, Jesus? Who took my Savior, my Lord, from me? I cannot find Him. Can I suggest two things? First, he has not gone anywhere. There are times in the Christian's life where God seems distant. And in our deepest grief, we whimper, saying, Darkness is my only friend. But Christ has not gone anywhere. He is Still there. Do not look for the living amongst the dead. He will not break a bruised reed nor smother a smoldering wick. The second could quite possibly be from your sin where you cry out and ask, Where has Jesus gone? How many times has sin looked so sweet and we have turned to it grieving our spirits? We grieve our soul. We backslide from Christ until we get to a place of wondering, where has Jesus gone? May I suggest that maybe, maybe this morning you are asking, where has Jesus gone because of the o- your own sin? Mary grieved at the loss of Jesus and not knowing where to find Him. Are you here this morning in this similar state of grief? If so, I think this passage will be able to comfort us. As we move on to our second point in verses 14-15, through 15, we see the desperation of Mary. She was desperate to know where Jesus had been taken. The, to, uh, the tomb she was in was darker than it already was. Look, the passage here this morning doesn't say that Jesus rose at sunrise. It says that it was dark. Going into a tomb was dark. But as she was in the tomb weeping, she could feel the awkward presence of somebody standing behind her. As she turns around and sees the silhouette Of a man standing in the entrance of the tomb. Again, Mary is asked the same question that the angels asked her Woman, why are you weeping? But this time there is a second question Who are you seeking? This time, Mary doesn't even answer the question as she skips right over thinking that this is the gardener and out of desperation pleads with him, where have you taken the body of my Lord? Give him to me. I will take him. Isn't it quite ironic that Mary assumed that this was the gardener? I wonder if God couldn't help but smile when Mary called Jesus the gardener. Do you know that the first Adam was a gardener? The first Adam in Genesis, he was a gardener to keep stewarding over the land. But he failed to steward the responsibility that God had given him. And instead of stewarding the responsibility that God had given him, he gave in to deception. He gave in to the lies of the serpent. And wanting to be like God, he ate of the fruits on the tree. And by doing this, sin entered the world and was passed down from person It's a person fracturing God's perfect creation. Separating us from our Father. But the second Adam, this gardener, the gardener standing, in the entrance of the tomb, did not fail. He did not fail in his responsibility to steward what God had told him to do. Instead, he accomplished it. He obeyed perfectly, even to the point of death. Death on a cross. And by doing so, God is making His broken creation whole and new. Mary's desperation for the body of Jesus caused her to assume the man in front of her was the garden. She was focused on the dead body of Jesus that she could not see that He was alive and well standing in front of her. How do we see Jesus in our desperation? Most of the time, like Mary, we look past Him as just a great teacher or just a great prophet, but not as our risen Savior. We look past Him in desperation to find our comfort in material things that this world has to offer. We look past Him like Mary and do not see Him and assume that because we cannot see Him right now that He must be dead. And so we turn to working more to forget about the sadness and anxiety in our lives. We turn to anger to control the situations that are out of control in our lives. We turn to daydreaming about what another person has because we think that that will bring us comfort. If you are here this morning and are desperate to see Things made right and whole. You, my friend, are right where you're supposed to be. In fact, the Bible calls you blessed. As Jesus was teaching his disciples on a mountain one time, he tells them, blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness for you shall be satisfied. All the world's goods will never bring satisfaction, but Christ will. Although Mary is desperate for Jesus, As we will see in this last verse, she will be satisfied. She will be comforted. And if you're here today desperate, this is the same satisfaction that you can receive as well. In our last point in verse 16, we see that all the grief, all the desperation that crushed Mary was lifted off her and she was comforted as Mary was weeping and trying to gain her composure by taking deep breaths, the gardener called her name Mary. Up to this point, we can assume that Mary had heard her name hundreds of thousands of times. how Mary's heart must have leapt outside of her chest when she heard her four-letter name. Mary's name was called before, but this time it was something different. When Jesus said, Mary, everything in her heart, soul, and mind knew The voice that just had called her. Mary thought that he was dead. She wanted to know where the body was taken. She wanted it brought back, but nobody took Jesus' body. Nobody took Jesus' body. He said he would lay down his life. He would lay down His life being the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down His life for His sheep. He said that He would have the full cup of God's wrath poured on Him. He said He would rise on the third day, just like Jonah was spit out of the mouth of the fish, so the Son of God would rise on the third day. Jesus was not dead. Jesus was alive. So what is the significance of Jesus calling Mary by her name? Well, the first reason is because it shows to her that he has conquered sin. He has conquered death. Death could not hold him. Death could not seal him up. He has crushed the serpent's head, just as he and the Father had promised all the way back in Genesis 3 when the first gardener had failed. He shows Mary that he is not a mere legend. He is not just merely a great teacher who is dead. He is not merely just a great prophet who has died. He is the risen Lord. Second, it's significant Because it shows that Jesus is the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep and the good shepherd calls out to his sheep and his sheep hear and know his voice. Is the good shepherd calling you this morning? Are you in grief and desperation? Are you looking for comfort? Are the wages of sin too much to bear? Come to the shepherd if you are hearing his voice. Come to him now. He is calling you out of the chaos of the world and leading you to greener pastures. The good shepherd longs to lead you beside still waters. He longs to make you lie down. He longs to be with you in the darkest shadow or the valley of the shadow of death to protect you. Come to the risen Good Shepherd who is calling your name. As we leave here this morning, let us remember that we do not worship a great teacher. We do not worship a great prophet. We worship a risen king who knows you by name. He calls you into his kingdom and prepares a place for you. Jesus is alive. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus, who perfectly obeys in our place, defeats sin and death so that we could be reconciled, so that we could hear the Good Shepherd's voice. Amen.